Good morning. Um, last time we spoke about, we finished talking about how if someone um, had a seminal omission and did not go to the mikvah yet, did not immerse himself yet in the ritual bath, we talked about how if he's in the middle of Shema at in part of a congregation, then he should think the words of Shema but not say them, not not utter them. And the reason we gave for that is um, because the rest of the congregation is involved in that, he should not um, he should not separate himself from the congregation. So that's the idea. So now we're at the top of twenty one a, and we're going to ask about that. That is that really true that we that that's important to us that we say think about it so that you don't separate yourself from the congregation. Don't we see? Um, don't we see a proof not like this? So the top first line on twenty one a chav aleph amud aleph. What about when it comes to the to prayer, to davening, specifically to the Shmona Esri or the Amida? That's something that you do together with the congregation. Utanan, and yet we learned in a Mishnah, Haya Omeid Bitfila, that if you're standing um, ready to begin the Amida with the congregation, Veniskar Shahu Balkari, and then he remembers that he had a seminal mission to not immerse yet. Lo yafsik, we say he should not stop, or if he's in the middle of the davening with the congregation, he should not stop. El yikatser, rather just say an abridged version of the prayer service. And the inference is, is taima da'aschil. It seems that the reason that we say that he should not stop is because he already started. Halo aschil, but what it seems like though is that if you did not start, um, the Shemona Eser, the Amida, Lo Yaschil, you should not start whatsoever, even just in your mind. So we see that even though it's something that the congregation is 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 in the middle of, we say to separate from the congregation instead of engaging with them, um, instead of engaging with them. So that seems to be a dis- that seems to be a proof against the concept we had uh, talked about. So we answer Shiny Tefila the Lesba Malchushemayim. The Amida is different because there's no acceptance of the yoke of heaven. None of the blessings have um, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, our God, King of the Universe. That's the acceptance of the yoke of heaven. Um, and because it doesn't have that, it's not as big of a deal for you to separate yourself from the congregation. Whereas in Shema, we talk, it's the acceptance of the yoke of heaven. That's something that it would just be look really bad if you separated yourself from the congregation during that prayer. Then we ask the birkasa mazon. But what about we see by the grace after meals? the grace after meals. The shamayim, where there is no acceptance of the yoke of heaven. Utenan, and yet we still said in the Mishnah, al hamazon That someone that had a seminal mission um, on food, he should make the blessing afterwards. and he does not make the blessing beforehand. So we see that. With the grace after meals, you do go ahead and at least uh, you know set you at least go ahead and engage with it, um, and there there is no acceptance of the yoke of heaven. So how could you tell me the reason that we say not to do that by the Amidah is because there's no acceptance of the yoke of heaven? That seemingly is irrelevant. So we answer Ella Kriyashma Uberkas Amazon So rather saying the Shema is a biblical commandment. Uberkas Amazon and um, grace after meals is a biblical commandment, whereas tefillah, utefillah, whereas uh, prayer service, the amida is dirabanon, is a rabbinic commandment. So when it comes to a biblical commandment like shema and the grace after meals, we say engage, don't separate yourself from the congregation. 
utter it, uh, don't utter it, but at least think it in your mind. Whereas by a biblical obligation, then we say you can completely disengage from it. Okay, we are now at the colon, the first colon on 21a and Chafalaf Amad Aleph. Amar of Yehuda, Yehuda says, From where do we know that you say, from where do we know from the Torah, meaning biblically, that um, you have to say grace after meals? Shenemar, because the verse says, You shall eat and you shall be satisfied and then you shall bless. So that's a pretty clear source from the Torah. <clears throat> Then we ask, And then we ask, from where do we know that you're supposed to say blessings on the Torah? Meaning before you learn Torah, you're supposed to say blessings. So, but, and, that, and we're saying that that's biblical. So what is the biblical source for that? Shenemar, as the verse says, Ki shem Hashem ekra, havu godel It says, um, when the name of God I shall declare, I shall give greatness to God, to our God. So basically, when I declare the name of God, which is learning Torah, I shall also declare the greatness, or before that I shall declare the greatness, which is blessing beforehand. So that's the source for saying berchas Torah, for saying the blessings before the Torah learning. Um, that's the biblical source for that. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Lamanu berchas Torah min berchas Rabbi Yochanan says, we have learned that you say berchas Torah. So now Rabbi Yochanan is teaching us that um, is now going to help us understand from where do we know that you say blessings after reading the Torah. Like when someone gets an aliyah, you say blessings before the aliyah and then after the before the Torah reading, then after the Torah reading. So where do we know that from? And where as well do we know that you have to say blessings before eating? So that's what Rabbi Yochanan is going to come to explain. Am Rabbi Yochanan says, "Lamanu Torah We learned that you have to say blessings. Um, on the Torah after the Torah reading, min berkasamazon, from the fact that we make a blessing after we eat food, mikalvachomer, based on a kalvachomer, which is a type of argument where if we say that you make a blessing in this scenario, then certainly we'd have to say it in this scenario. Um, it's a logical argument. And where do we know that you say a blessing before food? That you say a blessing on food before you eat it? That's min berkasatorah, that we learn from the fact that you say blessings on the Torah before you read the Torah. And again, that's using that same type of argument, this logical argument, where if you say something in one scenario, um, then we would certainly apply it in a different scenario. Um, so, So the, 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 this, this logical argument, learning about saying blessings on the Torah after you finish reading the Torah, we learn that out from the grace after meals, what is the logical argument? You take a look at eating, and we say that you do not need to say, and, and we don't, we say you do not need to say a blessing beforehand. There's no biblical source for a blessing beforehand, and yet you still need to say a blessing afterwards. So the argument would go, Torah so then when it comes to Torah learning or Torah reading, where we know you do need to say a blessing before, and then most certainly you would need to say a blessing afterwards. And we also know that you have to say blessings before eating food from the fact that you say a blessing before Torah reading, again using this logical argument. What is it? You take a look at the Torah reading. And 
we don't have a biblical source that you need to say blessings after it, yet it still needs blessings before it. We have a biblical source for that. So mazon, so when it comes to eating, where you, we know, we know biblically that you need to say blessings after it, then certainly you should also have to say blessings before it. So those are the logical arguments. But now we're going to ask on those logical arguments. We can ask on this. Don't learn from um, grace after meals to the to the Torah reading, to the fact that you'd have to say to, to this idea that you'd have to say blessings after the Torah reading, because you can answer that logical argument saying the reason by the grace after meals, the reason by food that you have to bless afterwards is because you got some sort of physical pleasure. You didn't get some sort of physical physical pleasure when it came to Torah reading, and therefore you should not have to say a blessing afterwards. The logic doesn't the logic doesn't carry. And then it also doesn't carry the other way. And don't learn from Torah reading the fact that you have to give a blessing before say a blessing before, and that should teach you also have to say a blessing before you eat. Because Torah reading is Chaye Olam, that's everlasting life. So that may require a blessing beforehand, but but something less significant like eating, that which is all, which is not everlasting life, it just gives you life in this physical world. Uh, perhaps you don't need to say a blessing beforehand. The ode, and furthermore, tnan we learned in a mishnah, on eating you have to make a blessing afterwards. And you specifically do not have to make blessings beforehand. So yufta, so that would seem to be a good refutation of Rabbi Yochanan. In other words, we're quoting our Mishnah here, and we're saying that we see that somebody that had a seminal omission, they still make the blessing after eating, but they do not make the blessing beforehand. And we don't say that learn it from Torah reading, where you still make a blessing beforehand. So obviously you cannot learn one from the other. And if you can't learn one from the other, then this would seem to refute Rabbi Yochanan, who said you could have a logical argument learning one from the other going both ways. Tiyufta, so that is the refutation. Okay, um, we're now at the next colon. It's basically in the middle of the page. I'm Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda said, Safek kara kriya shema, safek lo kara. If you're in doubt whether you had said the shema or not, Eino chozer v'kara, you do not repeat the shema. Safek amar emes v'yatsiv, if you're not sure if you said the blessing after shema, um, which is emes v'yatsiv, Safek lo amar, you're not sure if you did or didn't say it, then chozer v'omer emes v'yatsiv, then you do go back and repeat it out of doubt. My time, well, what's the difference between Shema and the blessing after the Shema? So we answer, by the way, we don't hold like this, but this is how we answer right now. Shema de Rabbanon, the, the, saying the Shema is just a rabbinic, and Emes V'yatsev Doraisa, whereas Emes V'yatsev, the blessing after the Shema, is a biblical commandment. And when it comes to rabbinic commandments, if you're not sure if you did it, if you have a doubt when it comes to rabbinic commandment, we're lenient and we say don't repeat it. But if something is uh, biblical, then we say if you have a doubt, you do have to go ahead and go back and repeat it. So that's the idea here. Now, Master Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef asks on this the obvious question, Wait a minute, how could you say that saying the Shema is not biblical? Doesn't it say very clearly in the Shema itself that you shall say it when you wake up and when you go to sleep? So we see that saying Shema is biblical. So Amalei Abaye, Abaye answers, Hahu b'divrei Torah you could read the verse about when you go to saying it, when you go to sleep, when you get up in the morning, that it's actually just a reference to Torah learning, that you should learn Torah 
make Torah learning a set part of your day. And perhaps it's not referring to the Shema. And that's how the person that feels that it's just a rab uh, rabbinic, that's what they would, how they would explain that verse. Okay. Tanan. We learned in a Mishnah. Balkari mahar her belibo. Um, a, we said that a someone that has a seminal mission will basically think it in their minds, the Shema, but does not make the blessings not before and not after it. When it comes to eating, you make the blessing before, uh, afterwards, but you don't say it beforehand. Now, so now the question that we have here is it seems to be very clear that someone that is has a seminal mission they say the Shema to themselves, meaning in their mind, but they don't say the blessings before or afterwards. So now we're going to ask, If you're going to think that the blessing after Shema is biblical, like we just um, like we just suggested, then you should need to say it after the Shema. After you've thought about the Shema yourself, in your mind, you shall then have to say the blessing, the biblical blessing of 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 Emes um, Vyatsev, if it really is biblical, just like we see that you have to say the grace after meals, because that's biblical. So we answer as follows, my time of Varich, why would you think you would need to say it? If you're going to say it's because you talk about coming out of Egypt in that first blessing after Shema, you already fulfilled that mitzvah, of uh, the biblical mitzvah of remembering coming out of Egypt every day. You already fulfilled that in Shema in its third paragraph. So then perhaps you'll suggest as follows, but now maybe you'll say, okay, say just the blessing after the Shema, and don't say Shema. Don't say the Shema itself. So we answer, Kriya Shema Adifa. No, saying the Shema is better. The Ispatartik is it has two things. It has mention of coming out of Egypt, which is a biblical commandment. And also, it has the acceptance of yoke of heaven, which is also a biblical commandment. Um, yeah, so that's that's the answer right now. Um, Rabbi Lazar, Amar Rabbi Lazar says, uh, gives a different, um, a different opinion, and I think this is the halacha. If you're not sure if you said Shema or not, you have to go back and say it. He obviously believes this is a biblical commandment, like we, like we paskin, the way we decide in Jewish law. Um, Suffolk hispalo, suffolk lo hispalo. However, if you are not sure if you said the Amida, the Shmona Esrei, so you're in doubt whether you said it or not, then Enoch or Mispalo, then you do not go back and say it. Rabbi Yochanan Omar, Rabbi Yochanan argues and says, no, you do go back and say it. Not because it's not rabbinic, it is just a rabbinic mitzvah, but rather because Ulevai Shi Kol Adam Kol Hayom Kulo. If only people would pray the entire day, it would be appropriate. In other words, what he's saying is, is that it's not a big deal to repeat Shmon Esrei. Worst comes first, you've repeated the Shmon Esrei, but that's fine. You can go, it'd be wonderful a person to just pray the entire day, keep repeating Shmon Esrei. That Rebilchim feels that's totally fine. Okay, um, we're now at the next colon. If you're standing in the middle of Shmon Esrei, and you remember that you already davin, you stop. You just stop saying Shmona Esther, even if you're in the middle of the blessing. Ini, now is this um, really true? Vahamar of Nachman, didn't Rav Nachman say, Ki Havinon Be Rabba Baravua, when we were with Rabba Baravua, Ba'an Mine, um, we asked from about we asked him, Hani Bene Be Rav, these people that are, you know, the the the, the young Torah scholars, the young yeah, the young Torah scholars, Ditau. 
Umitchari Dechol B'Shabbos Mahushiyik Maru. So it's really Shabbos, and they and the Shmona Esrei's for Shabbos on the weekday are different. The first three blessings are the same, but then they change. So we're asking, what happens if for these people that they're in the middle of Shmona Esrei and then they forget that it's Shabbos and they end up getting into the weekday prayers, and then all of a sudden they remember, wait, it's Shabbos, we should not be saying these weekday prayers. What do they do? Mahushiyik Maru, can they at least finish? The uh, the blessing that they started, the the weekday blessing that they're started, that they're in the middle of it in. The Omar Lan and um, Rabbi Baravua answered to us, Gomrin Kolosa Bracha, you do finish the blessing that you are in. So what do we see from there? We see that even if you are saying a blessing that is not appropriate in the Shemona Esrei, you still finish the blessing. We don't stop you in the middle. And if that's the case, so too, if you refer, all of a sudden remember that you had already said Shimon Asrei, we should still also at least allow you to finish the blessing that you are in the middle of. So we answer, Hachi Hashta. No, there are two different cases. Hasram Gavra Barachiyu In the case of saying the weekday Shimon Asrei on Shabbos, there really, you are obligated in the weekday Shimon Asrei on Shabbos. It's just that the rabbi said you don't have to bother saying all of those weekday prayers because uh, you know they didn't want to give you all of that extra praying out of respect to Shabbos. They wanted Shabbos to be a very relaxing and wonderful day. Um, you don't have to say all of the extra prayers that you otherwise would have said during the week. So there, really you're obligated. The rabbi just said you don't need to say it. But if you find that you are saying it, of course, there's nothing wrong with continuing on and finishing the blessing you're in the middle of. Um, but in this case, where you remember that you had already said Shmon Esrei, you already said Shmon Esrei. You no longer have an obligation. Of course, you stop in the middle. So now we are at the, um, um, now we are at the last colon. If you already said and then you walk into the shul, and you find that there is a congregation davening. If you can come up with something new, a new emotion, a new expression, something new in your prayer service, then you actually go ahead and repeat the Shmon Esrei, although you had already said it. But if you can't come up with anything new, then do not go and repeat the Shmon Esrei together with the congregation that you find in the middle of it. Um, we'll stop here for today. Um, we'll continue with the last line on 21a next time. Um, have a wonderful Purim. Purim Sameach. Afrelechen Purim. All right, just a very quick summary. Sorry about that. Um, when it, we're in the middle of talking about um, if you are, we started talking about somebody that had a seminal mission. What should he do if he finds himself in a congregation saying something? Um, and we talked about the differences between biblical commandments and rabbinic commandments. Then we talked about the blessings before and after eating and before and after reading or learning Torah. We talked about those. Um, then we talked about what happens if you're in doubt if you said Shema. And what happens if you're in doubt if you said the um, blessing after Shema, and what happens if you're doubt if you said Shemona Esrei, which brought us to the next idea about um, can you go and say a voluntary Shemona Esrei after you've already said it, and we talked about what happens if you, and basically that was the rest of the discussion until, um, and that's where we finished. All right, this time uh, have a wonderful party.